Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. But I got better from the flu and that's when I was hit with pneumonia. My lungs were going in overdrive. They were really making an effort. I didn't feel a thing. I, I didn't feel any symptoms. All of these people have had the COVID-19 coronavirus. And with reports circulating on how fast this thing is spreading, we've all been wondering what it actually feels like to get it. Today, we hear the stories of people who've had and recovered from COVID-19. Finding out that recovery is quick, but that they're facing more than just health issues from being one of the known infected. All the quarantining, hand-washing and hard work by healthcare authorities around the world hasn't been able to halt the spread of COVID-19. And while there are real fears for older people with underlying health conditions, the vast majority of those who've caught it are recovering within a couple of weeks. But what does it actually feel like? Well, the first issue we've come across in finding someone to talk about their experience of the coronavirus was that no one really wants to talk about being infected with coronavirus. And those that do say they've been unfairly targeted by the people around them who are scared by the panic this virus is creating. This is the owner of the Californian radio station KHTS, Carl Goldman, talking to the BBC. Some people are freaking out. They're saying, well, don't come see me for a month. The poor kid who watched our dogs, went back to his job and got fired that day because he had been in contact with my wife. So there's a lot of unnecessary hysteria out here. And I I just would urge everybody to chill a bit, use some common sense. Carl says his symptoms were very mild and that he and his wife recovered pretty quickly. Other than my very high temperature and the dry cough that persists, It was totally mild, not like a regular cold where you sneeze, sniffle, have a sore throat, none of that. I didn't even get body aches. I did not get chills and uh, heavy sweating when I had my high fever. So I would rank it as a a very, very minor cold. British businessman Connor Reid was hit a little harder by the virus, telling The Guardian he picked it up while working in the Chinese city of Wuhan, where the virus originated. The end of November, I was feeling um, just a normal cold. And the problem with this virus is it progresses in stages. So you'll have a cold, you'll get better, um, you'll get worse, you'll get better, then you get worse again. Um, So personally, I started with a cold. I got better from the cold, and that's when I was hit with the flu. But I got better from the flu, and that's when I was hit with pneumonia. Um, At the pneumonia stage, uh, because I've never experienced that before, uh, that's when I went to the hospital um, and got it checked out. So I, I was feeling achy. I just wanted to curl up into a ball. I had ear problems and sinus problems where it felt like there was a, a balloon being blown up um, in my face. From there, that, that's where the pneumonia stage hit in. Um, and, and that came very suddenly. Um, it was a case of, of going to bed and waking up, not being able to breathe. It scared me because like, if you have the flu, 
you feel like you're going to die, but you're really not. But when your lungs get affected, um, that's where it scared me and, and I couldn't take a full breath. Julie contracted coronavirus in Singapore and was immediately placed into isolation. She experienced a similar escalation in the severity of the virus like Connor did. I had a fever, 38.2, 38.5, and um, I took two Panadol. I was well enough. I just felt a bit tired. I remember sleeping the whole day. And then after that, the fever went. And for the rest of the week, I was well. I didn't have anything, not even a sniffle or cough. However, on the 7th February, really early in the morning, like 3 o'clock in the morning, I woke up and the room was spinning. Um, When I was going through the the critical stage, one of the things that I encountered was really breathing. It it felt my lungs were going in overdrive. We were really making an effort. You know, it's not like normal days, right, where we don't even, we're not even conscious of how we breathe. It was just so laborious trying to get from my bed to the bathroom, which was like five metres away. But for some, the virus will barely have any impact at all. Aussie couple Anne Bacelic and Daniel Tester caught the virus while on the Diamond Princess cruise ship. They told Channel 10's The Project they were surprised they even had it at all. To be honest, I didn't feel a thing. I didn't feel any symptoms all the way through. And to be honest, it was a massive shock finding out just as we were thinking we'd um, embark on the plane to Darwin. I had a sore throat on the 4th of Feb, which is the first day that the quarantine began on the ship. But besides that, I didn't experience any other symptoms, no fever. I wouldn't have known I had it if there wasn't a result showing that I did. With all the hysteria and all the concern about it, I thought that I would be feeling a lot of symptoms or being really unwell. So I was really thankful that I was fine. But I was anticipating that too, because I saw how well Dan was. I guess hearing about what would happen if I did catch it, being young and healthy, that it'd probably be like any other flu. And I actually went down with the flu mid-trip and got through that all right. That was influenza A. So is, <laughs> would you say the influenza was worse than the coronavirus? Absolutely, yeah. So for the majority of us, catching this virus will be, at worst, a period of troubled breathing and, at best, like having a bit of a cold. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't take the necessary precautions to make sure we don't spread it because there are people in our community who will be affected badly by this. Due to their age or their health conditions, a virus attacking their lungs may mean they aren't strong enough to fight it off. So what are we doing to combat it here? General practitioner Dr Brad Mackay has sent off tests for some of his patients for the coronavirus. Doctor, how are GPs handling this outbreak right now? We're finding that clinics are having um, team meetings. Uh, We're discussing what to do about patients coming in uh, who may have COVID-19. Even our clinic is is looking at just sort of dedicating part of the waiting room for patients who may have the infection. So patients coming in with respiratory infections. Um, But there are complications because because we need to sort of build the clinic properly, make sure that everybody's not coughing on each other and making sure that we have enough protective equipment to be able to swab and treat um, the patients that we're expecting to come through the door. Uh, and this is an issue because we're, we're sort of seemingly running out. We're assured that we have enough masks from the government and that we just need to uh, talk to our primary health network, our, our local provider uh, for GP clinics. But yeah, there are GPs that are going down to Bunnings and getting um, face 
face masks that we'd use for, for painting the wall and trying to use that um, and have stocks and supplies in case we run out of the medical grade ones. What's the advice from GPs on how to handle it if you do start to feel unwell and then how does the whole testing process work? Yeah, so if everybody comes down to their general practice when they've got a bit of a cold or a sniffle, then we'll be overrun um, and you, you're you putting other people at risk as well. So we are advising that if you do have a bit of a sniffle and you're wondering if you may have coronavirus, then sort of call ahead to your GP clinic and, and help us to, to know that you're approaching. We've got like a special waiting area and this will sort of like happen across the board, whether it's sort of like outside, hopefully not in the rain or in a special part of, uh, of the waiting area. Um, general practice clinics are trying to prepare for this uh, around the country. If we know that you're coming, then we can provide you with a mask and make sure that we we know what we're doing and do swabs as, as quickly as we can and, and get you home. If you're more unwell, then of course, just go to the emergency department. If you have time, then call ahead as well to the hospital and tell them that you may have coronavirus as well, particularly if you've been in contact with somebody who's been diagnosed with it. And we're sort of going into action mode. So you've been mentioning the word swab a few times there. So this is not a blood test. You just literally go in, get a swab and it's sent off. Yeah, so the test for novel coronavirus is doing, um, at the moment, we're both doing a nasal swab, which is smaller than the throat swab. Uh, It's uncomfortable, but it's not painful. Uh, And it's a way of actually getting um, some of the the side cells that are in the wall of the nose and the side of the, the back of the throat. And we send that off and we look for the actual virus itself. And how quick are we getting results? Can I make a complaint? Uh, so we're meant to be getting them back within about 24 hours. But last week I was swabbing patients and then in the middle of the week and still not getting the results back until like about four days later. So uh, this isn't good if we're trying to triage people and uh, and people are self-isolating at home. Is there a way we can tell the difference between whether it's a cold or flu or whether it is actually coronavirus? Well, this is the difficulty because um, coronavirus, like it itself, we, we're very familiar with this virus. It generally causes a common cold. It's just that this particular strain of the common cold virus can make people very unwell very quickly. So the general symptoms are having a bit of a fever, a sore throat, a coughing, some generalized aches and pains, which you can get with the flu or with a common cold. So most people who get it will actually be fine. So 80% of people will probably just get like a sniffle or may not even notice that they've got the infection uh, and that will hopefully give them immunity going forward. But it is about 20% of people who will get quite unwell from it. Um, And some of those people will actually need to be in hospital and some of those people will need intensive care. So from our estimates over in Italy, uh, our colleagues over there in emergency departments are saying that about 10% of people who present to the emergency department with symptoms end up needing to be on, um, on ventilators. So being in intensive care, and having us breathe for them while their body is fighting the infection. And we're finding that it's about a rate of about sort of 1% to 2% of people um, who do get the infection um, will die from it as well. So we are, we are taking this quite seriously. You mentioned to us before we started this interview that you yourself are not feeling so well and GPs coming down with this has been in the spotlight this past weekend with Dr Higgins in Melbourne not knowing that he had coronavirus treating patients still. What's the likelihood that GPs are going to be hit hard by this? And and how do you feel about it when, you know, it it gets dragged through the mud, basically, a doctor who is trying to do his best and help his patients, but also at the same time could be spreading the coronavirus, especially to people who might be very vulnerable? The the whole thing is, like, uh, if we 
stopped working, like if, if general practitioners, if, uh, if doctors stopped working when we got a bit of a sniffle or a bit of a, a cold, then the whole health industry would crumble very, very quickly. Uh, we don't have enough staff available to, uh, to actually take over for us. So there's nobody to replace me if, uh, if I go, go off sick. So we, we often do soldier through. Um, unfortunately, that's part of, uh, part, of this, the, part of the business. We try to be as careful as we can. We wash our hands between every patient. But yeah, certainly um, the, the expectations have sort of like changed retrospectively for Dr. Higgins. And I think, um, yeah, the, the criticism that he's got is sort of un- unfounded. A post by infectious disease specialist Dr. Abdu Shakawi's went viral over the weekend. In it, he says he's worked around many of the world's worst diseases and he's not afraid of COVID-19. He says he's definitely not as fearful of viruses like it than he is of the loss of reason and wave of fear that has induced the masses of society into a spellbinding spiral of panic, stockpiling obscene quantities of anything that could fill a bomb shelter adequately in a post-apocalyptic world. He says he's fearful for frontline healthcare providers who have to deal with their masks being stolen or bought up by the general public to wear in airports and shopping centres when they need them more. He says he's fearful of the virus hurting trade, cancelling weddings, and mostly that when faced with a threat, instead of reason, rationality, open-mindedness and altruism, we're teaching our children to panic, be fearful, suspicious, reactionary and self-interested. So finally, we'll leave you with the one thing you can control in this whole virus crisis, your own hygiene. This song, written by singer Kwak Hun in collaboration with Vietnam's National Institute of Occupational Safety and Health, has gone viral on TikTok with its accompanying dance moves created by dancer Quang Dang. It outlines the six steps for pushing back the coronavirus. Wash your hands, don't touch your eyes, nose or mouth, stay clear of crowded places, boost your strength, keep things clean and tell others about it. That's all you can control or need to worry about right now. This episode of The Quickie was produced by Melanie Tate with audio production by Jacob Brown from Round Sound Music. For more info on the coronavirus, including a top 20 questions answered, you can head back into The Quickie back catalogue, mamamia.com.au forward slash The Quickie.